Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. As Christians this morning, the certain awareness that we must have is the reality that we are living in the last days. We are to be aware of this great reality, for the world does not. If you look on the screen, the Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3-6, to 6, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. And uh, as we think about our last days today, as we think about this generation, there are scoffers, there are people who don't believe the Bible to be true. They don't believe that the promise of Jesus Christ's coming is a myth. But we know as Christians, as reality, and Jesus Christ might come any time, even today. And we thank God for his promise and we thank God for His grace that He is coming back soon. And, and the world does not recognize this, nor do they have knowledge of this. They are ignorant, as Peter Wright wrote. Our Savior also said in Matthew 24, verse 37 down to 39, But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that there were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that... Noah entered into the ark and knew not, notice those words, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. You see, in both of these passages, the last days are compared to as the days of Noah. And in the days of Noah, they were ignorant and they knew not the nearness of their end time. As much more so in this 21st century, the world is very ignorant, and they know not the end is near. I know Ireland just voted in being uh, pro about their gay marriage rights, and it was a landslide as we look at the news, and we see people in tears, we see people rejoicing, and uh, as... People are having their, I guess, celebration. I believe God is looking down with grief and also with sorrow in knowing that God cannot bless that nation. And America is the same, ladies and gentlemen. And we need to pray for our nation. God is not a respecter of nations. Where there is sin and prevalent in a nation, God cannot bless. And God will judge. And as we think about this world even, the world is full of iniquity and sin and transgression and God in every way has been gracious for the last 2,000 years, but now sinners are boasting and sinners are wanting their own rights and, and people are sympathetic toward sinful lifestyle like the homosexuality. And, and in every way, I think we are truly living the last day and I believe that judgment will come soon. And the great reason and the cause uh, about the, uh, the great reality that these people are ignorant of God's 
judgment is that they love their own selves and their own lusts. And since they love themselves and their pleasure, they don't recognize the God who is able to judge and also who is holy. Let's notice a scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 3 as well in verse 1 through 4. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, and fierce, and despisers of those that are good, traitors, heedy, and high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than the lovers of God. You know, one grave example, loving lust more than God, is found in the transgender issue in America. It's not just the homosexuality issue now, and it's now the transgender issue. And uh, I think about a singer named Miley Cyrus. I'm sure many of you heard of her. A young musician. She has a very great compassion for 1.6 million young people who are homeless in this country. And I am not going against people who are homeless. I am not going against who are uh, stricken with poverty. And uh, I have a heart for them. And I hope in every way they find a home. Or maybe some of these young people will go back to their homes and uh, reconcile with their parents and, and to find the right stable position in life. But she also thought to take note from 1.6 million, Miley Cyrus did, she took note that 40% of these young people identify themselves as LGBT. Lesbians, gays, bisexuals, and transgenders. And since the age of 14, Miley Cyrus, very popular musician among the young people, she claims that she wants to use her fame for good, and she even called Bruce Jenner her hero. And I'm sure many of you heard about Bruce Jenner these days. And he is getting, you know, broadcasts and live interviews. And, and uh, in every way, ladies and gentlemen, uh, our society is getting twisted. And they're being deceived by the deceitfulness of sin. And Miley Cyrus, she claimed that Bruce Jenner is her hero. And she also claimed that her past relationship has not always been straight or heterosexual. Now, she is saying all this so that the young people could also jump on board with her philosophy. And also jump on board with her, I guess, so-called compassion. She also said, the position I'm in, I quote, I feel like I've got a lot of power, but so many kids don't feel that way. They're under their parents' rule. She also tweeted back in 2012 about her own tweet, Forget Jesus, where, and she says, and I quote, where does it say in the Bible to judge others? Oh, right, it doesn't. God is the only judge, honey. God is love. She also claimed a few years ago that she had some signs turning back on her Christian roots and embracing atheism. And this young lady is in every way confused. And she is promoting sin and lust. And even this LGBT uh, 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 issue is, is the forefront of her compassion 
And also she is saying that a Bruce Jenner, who is a transgender, is her hero. And it's amazing of all the things, all the things that she has said and all the things that she had claimed to be. It is a description of 2 Timothy chapter 3, as we read just a minute ago. She is loving her own self. She is a boaster. She is proud. And she is also disobedient to parents. And uh, as we think about an example like her, she is also a blasphemer in trying to understand the LGBT issue and saying that God is love. And that we should not in any way judge each other. And I'm not saying we should persecute each other, but I think we should let know who is the judge of this world is. I think we should let them know that the Bible is true and what they're uh, what kind of lifestyle they're living is sinful, and, and God would judge that. And, and uh, they, they cannot accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and also accept their lesbian or maybe gay lifestyle. They need to turn from their sin, and they need to receive Christ as their personal Savior. You see, Jesus Christ said it very well, and very clearly, I'm sorry, that He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man come unto the Father but by me. And, and the people in this world do not want to uh, accept the fact that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that Jesus Christ is the creator of this world and that Jesus Christ is holy and that Jesus Christ is the only way. They want to hold on to their sin and they want to hold on to their blasphemous doctrine and they want to hold on to their wicked lifestyle and then say, God is love, and then say, I believe the Bible, and then say that Jesus Christ is their God. We live in a very confused society today. This is just one girl, and also even one man, Bruce Schenner, getting a national wide television interview. And by the way, he got 16.9 million viewers on ABC 2020 just several days ago. And people are being criticized for being haters if you're against these sinful positions. And ladies and gentlemen, we are living in the last days. And the wicked are being deceived. And they are also deceiving others. America is truly walking on thin ice. And God was upset with his chosen people because of their twisted perception of truth. If you look at Isaiah 5, verses 20 to 23. It would be wise for us to learn from history. The Bible says concerning the nation of Israel, Woe unto them that call evil good, and good what? Evil. That put darkness for light, and light for darkness, and put bitter for sweet, and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes, and prudent in their own sight. Woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine, and men of strength to mingle strong drink, which justify the wicked for reward, and take away the righteousness of the righteous from him. And we know what happened to the nation of Israel. We know what happened in the Old Testament in Lash Yemen. And we're not in any way uh, uh, unfavorable or uh, uh, somewhat exempted from uh, maybe the judgment to come. And we need to make sure to pray for America. And we need to make sure that uh, 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 we see uh, uh, our lives change and that we stand up for the truth and that we preach the gospel so that people may know the way of the Lord and we are in every way the same as the rebellious house of Israel in the Old Testament and we do call evil good and call good evil and we are wise in our own eyes and we are justifying the wickedness 
a people and also giving them rewards for it. And I think about uh, uh, what the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 34. Awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. You know, many Christians are ashamed, ashamed to mention Christ in their workplace and maybe stand up for the truth. And they're scared of what other people will mark them to be. But ladies and gentlemen, let us in every way uh, uh, be bold in proclaiming the, uh, uh, the gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ. And let us be the light of the world as God called us to be. Like a, a city that's on a hill that cannot be hid. And let us have good works that will glorify the Father in heaven. Let's let the world know that Jesus saves. And let's let the world know that there is sin and there is wickedness and, and there is hell. So that they may turn from, turn from their wickedness so that they may also receive Christ as their personal Savior. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, we need to make sure that we awake to righteousness. We need to remind it also that we are nearer than ever before. In Romans 13, verse 11 through 12, and that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than what we believe. The night is far spent, the night, days at hand, and let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. And we live in a very crucial time, and we cannot in any way, in a, in any way sleep during this uh, uh, time that is so crucial and that is so important in this country and in this world. And we need to send more missionaries out. And we need to stand up for the truth as much as possible. And we need to preach the gospel as much as possible because it is truly the last days. And Apostle Paul wrote these words in Romans 13 around 2,000 years ago. And he expected the last days to come any time. How much more so in this 21st century? Ladies and gentlemen, let us not sleep. Let us not, in, a, in every way, condone sin and compromise sin in our lives. Let us stand for what is right. And at the end, all that we can do is stand. We need to recognize that Noah lived in his last days, and and the last day I'm referring to is the judgment of the flood. And Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And by grace, he was a preacher of righteousness. And by grace, he held up his testimony in a corrupt world. And by grace, he built the ark, saving eight souls alive. Imagine that this morning. Only eight souls were saved. In that generation. Because people didn't die early back in those days. What was the average years of those people? 800? 900? The average uh, years that we live is probably 70 or maybe 80. If somebody is strong enough, maybe 100. But, ladies and gentlemen, as we think about this time in Noah's day, you know, we're not talking about a few thousand people. I think it's about millions of people. They were multiplying everywhere. And they weren't dying for 800, 900 years. And they kept on having children, having children, having children. There were a lot of people in those days, I believe. But only eight souls were saved. Entered the ark. 
And we are the same in Matthew 7, 14. We have around 7 billion people in this world. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. You know, ladies and gentlemen, we are in a narrow way. We're, in every way, a remnant, you could say. And I'd like to share with you this morning how we need to be aware as we're in this narrow way about the last days and how we need to respond to it like Noah did. How do we to, how, what do we need to know and be aware of? I'd like to share with you three biblical comparisons of the last days of Noah and our last days in which helps us to live godly and soberly and awake to righteousness. First of all, the world of sin. The world of sin. Look at verse 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. In the days of Noah, sin was exceedingly great. And even now, sinners commit sin exceedingly. David wrote in his days in Psalm 14, The fool has sinned in his heart. There is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that do it good. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that do it good. No, not one. You know, God is holy. God saw the wickedness of man according to his holy law, and they are all guilty, and God sees this world today, and God does not see one righteous person. And God, in every way, as we think about this world, only sees, of course, two groups of people. People who have been saved by the grace of God, and those people who reject the grace of God. And we are all guilty, though. We are all sinners by nature. And God sees the wickedness of the world. And God saw the wickedness in Noah's days as well. And they were all guilty, not just because of what they did, but who they were in their hearts. And uh, if you go to the next point, man's heart. Let's think about that. And that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. The heart of the problem is a problem of the heart. And Christ said in Mark chapter 7, from within, out of the heart of man, proceed evil thoughts, adultery, fornication, murders, death, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, and, and uh, lasciviousness, I'm sorry, an evil eye, blasphemy, and pride, and foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. And ladies and gentlemen, we are sinners not because necessarily we sin. We are sinners because we are sin. We are born as sinners. And God sees not just what the world does in their sinful nature, but God sees their sinful nature within their hearts. And God saw the same thing in the days of Noah. And their heart was evil continually. Everything that they thought of, everything that they devised, and everything that they came up with was evil and wicked before the eyes of the Lord. And I think about Psalm 51, verse 5, and the reason why is because we are born as sinners. Behold, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. You see, we are sin, my friend. And this, is, and this sin is in our hearts. And what the world does is that they don't want to recognize their exceeding sinfulness of their hearts. And they don't want to, in every way, recognize their guiltiness before the Lord. Because their hearts are saying, we're okay. Their hearts are saying, 
everything is fine. Their hearts are saying, hey, even though we do evil, nothing bad will happen to us. And their hearts have deceived themselves to justify themselves to be okay. In Jeremiah 17, verse 9, the heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked, who can know it? You know, people who are just justifying their sin and saying, it just feels good. It just feels right. My heart tells me that I am a woman, Bruce Jenner says. And in tears. And he is genuine, he is sincere in his own heart, but he is sincerely deceived as well. And by the way, we ought to pray that Bruce Jenner will be saved. We cannot in any way put him in the corner and, and that it's hopeless for him. No, I think we need to pray for every sinner to be saved. doesn't matter what they're boasting and what they're prideful about and what they're sincerely deceived about. We ought to pray for them. We ought to pray that they will be saved. I feel sorry for Bruce Jenner. In every way, I want to see that man turn to Christ. And uh, I think about how wicked people like Marilyn Manson is promoting his deceitful philosophy. And uh, I, we could even put up his picture. His, his face is so terrible. And he, he said this, I quote, All the seven deadly sins are man's true nature. To be greedy, to be hateful, to have lust... Of course, you have to control them. But if you're made to feel guilty for being human, then you're going to be trapped in a never-ending sin and repent cycle that you can't escape from. You know what this man is saying? Don't feel guilty about it. It's your human nature. Just let it be. Just let it be. This is what God sees in the hearts of men. Deceived corrupt, degenerate, wicked, and vain. And in the days of Noah, their heart was evil continually. And we live in that same type of generation today. By the witness of these dear people with their coats and their philosophy and with their movement, we see, ladies and gentlemen, that we are in trouble and that God is watching. So let us know, also notice not just man's heart. That's a very depressing topic to consider. But let's think about uplifting topic, God's heart. Let's think about God's heart, though. Man's heart is wicked, but let's think about God's heart. The Bible says in verse 6, And repented the Lord that he had, man, he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his this is not to say that God sinned, but repentance means to change one's mind. So God, in his first divine thought, I need to turn this back. I need to judge all mankind. Now, what happened to the heart of God was the fact that he wanted to, you know, uh, change back in, uh, concern, in considering uh, 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 what, what earth was and, and also uh, how he made them uh, to be. 
And, uh, and, he, and as we think about the description of God here in verse 6, it also says that his heart was grieved. You know, our God is holy. He has to just sin. That's why the Bible reveals to us that he had to repent about the earth. But also, not only is he holy, but he is love as well. God is holy, but God is love. God loves the world, John 3.16, for God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, the many people could say, how could God, who is so loving, judge this world? But ladies and gentlemen, God will never judge this world without giving a provision of salvation. He has always given a provision of salvation. Even Sodom and Gomorrah. He would have spared that nation if there were ten righteous in there. If there were ten people preaching the word of God and, and uh, telling people uh, about uh, holy and just God. And uh, also even the days of Noah, God provided an ark. And we see Noah being the preacher of righteousness, preaching the word of God and the judgment to come. And God provided a, 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 a way of salvation for them to trust in their God. You see, yes, God is holy. He will judge and he will pour his wrath upon this world as well in this last days. But he has provided his salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. And we ought to be grateful for that. And the world should be grateful for that. Studies show that Noah built the ark approximately for 120 years. Along with the building, the Bible gives reference that he preached. He was a preacher of righteousness. What did he preach? For people to be saved. For people to turn to God and be on the ark with him. But only eight souls were saved. And ladies and gentlemen, you know, uh, our job is not to save people. That's God's job. Our job is to preach the gospel. Our job is to let the world know that Jesus saves. And we need to do our part. As much as Noah built the ark and preached the gospel, we need to, you know, get involved in the church and build the local church through God's grace and preach the gospel as well. And ladies and gentlemen, let us consider the heart of God. It grieved him to see man, to be so wicked, to be sinful. And it grieves him even now to see this world. And he wants men and women and young people to be saved. And he is looking at the church to preach the gospel. Oh, how we need to do that. Let them know the ark of grace, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Not only that, let us consider the wrath of God now in verse 7. And the Lord said, I would destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping things and the fowls of the air, for he repented me that I have made them. You know, the wrath of God against sin is real. As we live in this church age, as we have been blessed for the last 2,000 years, the judgment and the wrath of God will come. His promise of judgment is still real. And as much as he judged this world, in a worldwide flood. And by the way, some people would think it was a regional flood. No, it was a worldwide flood. And, uh, and all people perished except for eight souls. 
And as much as God judged this world with water, and one day God would judge this world with fire. And the wrath of God is real. He will destroy man during the seven-year tribulation. And by the way, those men, those wicked people, those sinful people, the Bible says that they will not repent. They will not turn from their wickedness, their fornication, their robbery, all these things they will not turn from. Even though the heaven is falling even though mountains are falling upon them, they will not repent to the God of God and to the Lord of Lords. His judgment is real, but also his grace is real. Second Peter chapter 3, Peter writes, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know, God wants everyone to be saved. You have a loved one or a family member who's not saved, God wants that person to be saved. God has not given up on them. Why do you give up on them? God wants them to be saved. He's not slack concerning his promise. But in verse 10, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with the great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that therein shall be burned up. As Christians, we are to offer hope, not despair. And, you know, we have some different fundamental groups and conservative groups who are just, you know, having signs outside, maybe out of the Capitol or maybe on the street and saying, you know, God hates America and God hates sinners and And, uh, I mean, just giving hopelessness and despair to the people. I know we should be preaching about the wrath of God and the judgment to come, but I think we need to preach about the grace of God as well. And we need to let them know that Jesus Christ could save their soul, and they don't have to be under the wrath of God. They could be in the loving arms of Jesus. And many people have gone through different deceitful messages about despair. And, and uh, I know this is not a Christian group, but a radical group. This was really before my time, but I'm sure many of you remember Jim Jones. How many of you remember Jim Jones? Raise your hand. Yeah, Jim Jones. I just recently read about him. and He was an American religious leader and a founder of People's Temple. He also was a strong communist. He had a crazy rhetoric about a different upcoming event, such as... Uh, the world will be engulfed in a nuclear war on July 15, 1967. Lemons, did it happen? No, it didn't, okay. <laughs> Just want to make sure, amen. And from that, there will be a new socialist Eden on earth. Okay. I'll, talk to, I'll talk about this picture a little later on. Jones also began preaching that he was a reincarnation of Mahatma and Gandhi and Father Divine and well as Jesus of Nazareth and Buddha, and Vladimir Lenin as well. He used religion to preach about Marxism and communism. But on November 15, 1978, in Jonestown, Rana, he did the most horrific thing, and he led his members to believe that the Soviet Union would not take them to be defectors and have possibility of exodus. He convinced the people that there would be men parachuting down on them, shoot their babies, and torture their children and seniors. 
So along with Jones and other staff leaders, they concluded to have revolutionary suicide. On that day, 909 people died by drinking cyanide grape juice. And 304, 304 of them were children. 304 of them were children. What did these people give? What did this man give to the people? Hopelessness, despair. Yes, this world is to be judged, but we are to give them hope. As much as the wrath of God is real and that hell is real, don't you thank God that heaven is real? That wonderful place called heaven, the streets of gold, the gates of pearl, and mansions up on the hill. And uh, that place is real. Eternal life is real. We ought to give hope to this dark and hopeless world. Christ said in John 10, 10, the thief cometh not for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, that they might have it more abundantly. Number three, the walk of Noah. The walk of Noah, verse 8 through 9. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation. And Noah walked with God. As the world was in chaotic sin and with much violence and evil imagination continually, there was one man who walked with God. So the grace was applied in Noah and his family. If God was interested in finding a man in Noah's days, I think he is still interested in finding a man and a woman of God in this generation too. As living for God in the last days is, is uh, somewhat hard, but it's still possible. The Bible encourages us in Philippians chapter 2, do all things without murmuring, disputing, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of crooked and perverse nation, among whom he shined as lights in the world. You see, as much as the world is wicked and crooked, God says, walk as a light. Walk in the light of God. Make sure you have the right testimony. Make sure you preach the gospel. Make sure you walk in the grace that, God, that I have given you. You know, as we think about Noah, I'm sure when Noah was building the ark, it was pretty visible, right? <laughs> I don't think he was hiding under a bush somewhere or maybe hiding, you know, behind the mountain somewhere and building an ark, you know, uh, where nobody could see it. I think he probably had it in the open where people could see it. The judgment is coming. The flood is coming. And he built and he preached. He wasn't hiding from the wicked generation of his day. And he was a righteous man. He was a just man. He walked with the Lord. And he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And we need to also do the same. We need to build up our testimony through God's grace. And we need to shine the glory of God through our lives. Yes, it might be unusual. Yes, it might be out of this world. But God needs to be glorified through our lives. People need to see God in our lives. That's why we're called Christians. Does your fellow employee know you're a Christian? Does your fellow friends know you're a Christian? Does the church know that you're a Christian? And ladies and gentlemen, we're living in the last days. We have wasted hours and days in loving pleasure and loving this world too much. 
We have done that too much. We need to awake to righteousness and sin not. And we need to walk circumspectly, knowing our time today. Because Christ might come back any time. And you might, I mean, uh, as you get raptured, you might have some loved ones who are still here. And if you don't believe in the rapture, I'll still see you in heaven. Amen? (laughs) But I'm just simply saying today, ladies and gentlemen, that we are living in the last days. And we need to live for God now and share the gospel now. We need to share the ark of grace in this generation, our Savior Jesus Christ.